Hello and welcome to the podcast for Another Chance for Youth. We are the global connecting place for all things in relation to youth all across the globe. As Franklin Roosevelt says, we cannot always build a future for our youth, but we can build our youth for the future. Get connected. young ladies and young gentlemen out there. Thank you for tuning in to Another Chance for Youth. I'm Alexis, and I'm going to be your host today. For those of you who are just joining us, welcome. And for those of you who have been listening, you know that I am a procrastinator. I like to leave things into the last minute to get things done And for the most part, this does work out in my favor. However, I have to really be honest. This time, it did not work out to my favor because I totally did not put something in my calendar. And it's very easy to forget things when you don't put it in a calendar because the next thing you know, you get a reminder through an email that says, oh, by the way, something is due next week. And you realize, oh, crap. So now I have a couple of papers to write, and I'm not very thrilled about that. But fortunately for me, the subjects are something I'm really familiar with, so it won't take me that long to write. I, however, do not recommend that you guys wait until the last minute to get things done because sometimes that will not work out in your favor, and I don't want that to happen to you. So tonight's topic is about planning for what lies ahead. What do I mean by what lies ahead? This year, the coronavirus hit us hard, and for some of you, you did not get a graduation. For others, you're starting college either on campus and or at home. And for those of you who are returning to school this year, you're either being homeschooled or in the rare case, you do attend a school building. What I mean planning for what lies ahead is preparing well in a for tests, for exams, for projects, and or any major homework assignments that are due. So the first thing I want you to get is a planner. Now, planners don't have to be expensive. You could just go to the Dollar Tree and grab one and or if you don't want to get one, you can create your own. There are plenty of free programs out there that will allow you to use a calendar for free. Google is one of them, so it's Outlook. Two, you need to know what's coming ahead. For those who are in college, this applies to some classes who are um, – in high school, you two middle schoolers, what I mean is usually an instructor will give you a syllabus. 
a syllabus is basically an outline of what's going on for that particular class. For high schools and middle school students, I believe the term would be for the quarter. For college students, it will be the semester. Not every teaching person will use the syllabus, but usually for college courses, they will. It will list all your reading assignments. It will list all the expectations of the class. It will list the objectives of the class, and more importantly, your exam and or project schedule. Third, I want you to put all those dates into the calendar. Make sure to color code it if that is what it takes. You can be as decorative as you want in your own planner, but since I use Outlook, it doesn't really matter to me. I just stick it in there. That way, you can see it at a glance. Fourth, set yourself a reminder if you are using Google Calendars and our Outlook. No, I don't mean 15 minutes before something is due. For assignment, depending how long it takes you to do it. And what I mean is every student works at his or her own pace. For some students, they prefer a week to study for exam. For other students, it takes them a day, two days, three days, sometimes more than a week to finish a writing assignment, to finish a project. So, However it is that you know yourself to need the amount of time you need to be successful is how many days that you need to set that reminder before something is due, before the day of your test. That way it will send you the reminder and more importantly, it will keep you on track towards success. Fifth. After you put in all the dates, all the reminders, right, everyone has activities and or sports practices and or other means to keep them busy. We're all responsible for certain things. You need to also put that in your calendar. That way you can ensure that you're not overloading yourself. You're not forgetting that, yeah, you want to go to a dance or you want to go to an event or you have practice on this day, but you have an exam due the next day and you're the type of person that does not study well in advance and you rather cram. I don't recommend cramming for an exam because the brain can only remember things short-term very quickly. Long-term memory is what you rely on, which is why studying is recommended for exams. For example, if you were taking a class and you were responsible for seven chapters, right, if you don't study chapters one, chapters two, chapters three, chapters four, chapters five, chapter six, by the time you get to chapter seven, chances are you're not going to remember all the important stuff 
for the first six chapters. And then the next thing you know, you're going to have that test. And all of a sudden, instead of just a review the night before a test, you're cramming all seven chapters into one night of studying. That is not the smart way to do it. Take it from someone who has been there. I procrastinated really bad one time during a nursing exam, okay? I did not study throughout the semester. Remember, I was on an accelerated program, so my semesters were only five weeks long versus their traditional 13 weeks. So I had an exam pretty much every other class period, depending if that class was every other day or five days a week. And some of my classmates, we didn't study because we were so busy learning new material, new material, new material. And then all of a sudden, two days before the exam, our teacher was like, well, I hope you guys have been studying because this exam is worth 45% of your grade. 45% might not mean a lot, but when you are a nursing student, you are required to have an A or a B as a final grade. Anything below a B is considered failing. So imagine 25 nursing students realizing they have a major test in two days that is worth 45% of their grade. Not to mention that our teacher took pity on us and did tell us what was on the test. Even if the teacher told us what was on the test, that's still 10 chapters. We had to memorize. That's a lot of vocabulary words. That's a lot of body systems. Not to mention, we have to remember which way blood flows in and which way blood flows out. Not to mention all the names of all the arteries and veins. We have to draw the diagram, too. So trust me when I say procrastination is not the way to go to study for a test. I don't recommend it. If you are listening to this and you happen to be one of those students who do not need to study and still get really good grades, boy, I wish I were you. And you can just disregard that little tip. For the average student, we need to study. And here's the thing about studying. As long as you keep on top of it, by the time your midterms come around or for those sneaky pop quizzes teachers are known to give out, you're going to ace those quizzes and ace that midterm because the material is fresh in your mind. It's always recommended that you go over your notes, you go over your, uh, your PowerPoints, you go over whatever materials your teachers hand out because it will keep you on top of what's going on because chapters one, chapter two builds on what was learned in chapter one, you get the picture. And the last thing you want to do is realize it's in the middle of the semester and or quarter and you're lost and you don't know what's going on while you still might be able to turn your grade around you're basically beat, trying to beat that clock, and sometimes that clock is just not going to be beatable. 
And I would hate for you to find yourself in that situation like I was. In order to pass that exam that was worth 45% of my grade, I didn't sleep for two days. I basically got out of class by 1.30, came home. The first day I studied all the way to 7 p.m., was so exhausted, passed out, ate dinner at four something in the morning, decided that I wasn't going to go back to sleep only because class started at eight. I knew myself that if I went back to sleep, I was going to oversleep. So went to class dead tired on the second day, studied my butt off during school where our teacher did a very brief review, but still had to pay attention to new material that was not going to be on the test but would be on the test the following week, went home so exhausted. I kid you not, I passed out at home by 2.15. My sister came home at 6, tried to wake me for dinner, but she said I was dead to the world. I didn't hear a thing. And when I woke up around 11 p.m., I had a whole bunch of voicemails, a whole bunch of unanswered text messages and emails from my classmates. Everyone's panicking because the next day is that exam. 25 students stayed up all night. That's a lot of coffee. That's a lot of energy drinks. Let me just put it to you this way. I am never going to do it to myself that way ever again. A lot of college students do pull all-nighters when it comes to exams, depending on you yourself. Not everybody does it, but if you are the one that likes to pull all-nighters, well, I hope you take frequent breaks, and I hope you succeed on that exam. But for everyone else who is procrastinating, even if you pull that all-nighter, chances are you're not going to be very successful on your test because you're going to be really tired. You just crammed God knows how many chapters into your brain. And I always recommend that it's better to be well-rested on test day, right? So that's going to be the next tip for planning for what or what lies ahead. When we take tests and stuff, the brain is like a muscle, right? When we are feeling tired, when we are not feeling well, our brain is basically the center of how we function. Without our brain, we're basically useless. So when the brain is tired and fatigued, you're, we tend to miss things. And this could be the difference between an A, a B, a C, a D, or even failing on a quiz or that test. It's always best to get at least eight hours of sleep before an exam. Always important to eat a hearty breakfast so that breakfast can fuel your brain, right? And I don't recommend you psyching yourself out right before the test by reviewing material. As long as you studied, as long as you are well prepared, 
opening that book the day of the exam sometimes can psych yourself out. What does psych yourself out mean? It's basically a term where you go into a panic mode and it feels like your brain has been erased. All the time you spent studying on that subject, all the time you spent preparing for that project, that presentation, you say your brain is so psyched out, it wipes everything out, right? And it sends you into a panic. It sends you into this frenzy where you yourself are freaking out. That's not the way to go into a presentation into an exam, into anything. It's best to be calm. It's best to be well-fed, well-hydrated. It's best to be well-rested. That way, when your brain is at optimal strength and or mode, you tend to like that. It's just like that. The answers will come to you like that. When If it's a presentation, your presentation is just going to flow very smoothly, and if it happens to be an oral exam or oral presentation, when people interact and or ask you questions, you can answer. You're not standing up there like me. I do not like giving oral presentations in nursing school. I was particularly famous for not wanting to give my oral presentations to the point where my classmates felt so bad for me that they would never have any questions for me. Like when it was my turn to give a presentation, I psyched myself out, right? You're thinking, well, didn't you just give us advice? Yes, I need to take my own advice. I'm getting better to the point where now I can give oral presentations without speed talking through them. But all those years ago, I basically sped talking through my presentation. Like, I just basically was, I'll give you an example. So the human body basically has all these systems. The most important system is the cardiac system. The cardiac system consists of the heart, arteries, veins, See how fast I'm talking. So if you are a person in the audience, you're probably sitting there going, what did she say? Yeah. So there were also times in my presentation where I could not pronounce a word for the life of me. I knew what the word was. I'm sure sometimes on podcasts you'll hear me go, what's the word? I know what the word is, but I can't pronounce it. That's how I am during presentations too. For the longest time, I could not say the word stethoscope. Stethoscope. And I basically was standing there going, "Um, the tool that you use to listen to the heart and lungs, and my instructor would be like, oh, you mean the stethoscope? I was like, yeah, what she said. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, it's a very good thing that my professors were very nice and my classmates felt sorry for me that they just let me sit down with no questions whatsoever. So with that, I will be right back after this quick break. 
Hi, it's Alexis with some Youth Buzz News. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration issued a warning Thursday over serious problems with high doses of the common over-the-counter allergy medication Benadryl. Too much Benadryl can lead to severe health problems, including serious heart problems, seizures, coma, and even death. The FDA cited reports of teenagers ending up in the hospital emergency rooms or dying after participating in the so-called Benadryl Challenge on the social media platform TikTok. We are investigating these reports and conducting a review to determine if additional cases have been reported, the agency said in a news release. The FDA said it had contacted TikTok and strongly urged it to remove videos of the Benadryl challenge from its platform and to monitor for any news posts. Back to the show. So after all these tips, you young ones are probably thinking, Alexis, you just said you procrastinate. You just said you cram for an exam. You just said you have a whole bunch of papers to write. You just said you suck at giving oral presentations. Why should we take any advice from you? That's actually a very good question. My hope is you're going to learn from me and not make the same mistakes that I did so you don't derail your own path to success. That's how we all learn. We learn through mistakes right, whether they'll be our own mistakes or they'll be somebody else's mistakes. How I sometimes learn is watching somebody else make a mistake and thinking to myself, oh, I'm definitely not going to do that if I'm ever in that position because I get to watch what happens if that mistake is made. So for me, writing a paper the week before it's due, it's not a bad thing because I have strong writing skills as long as I do my research. It's not that bad. I have seven papers. Seven papers and two PowerPoints. Yeah. Not fun for me, and I have no one to blame but myself because I did not take my own advice and put it in my calendar. So I don't want you to be in the same boat as me where you're going to find yourself the week before something is due and you realize, oh, wait, that's not the only thing that's due. You have items one, two, three, four, five, six, seven due. So planning things ahead will help you become a better person. And what I mean by that is it holds you accountable for the promises and the commitments you already made. What do I mean by that? As a student, you are committing to yourself and your professor and your fellow classmates. What I mean by that is you're committing to yourself to learn this material so you can pass this class. Whether you're a middle schooler, 
a high school student and or a college student. You're committing because you need to learn this material because this material is important. For middle schoolers and high schoolers, that material probably will be reviewed in the class you're going to take next year. For a college student, you're paying for your education, right? So college isn't free. It's a business. So whether you commit to studying and doing your work or not, at the end of the day, the professor, the school still gets paid. And if you flunk that class, imagine all that time wasted, and you're going to have to put out even more money to take that course because you need that course to graduate, right? And your commitment to your professor and or teacher is that you're going to come to class on time and you're going to do your assignments on time and you're going to come ready to learn. And what do I mean by that? I remember a situation when I was in high school, right? I came to class prepared to learn, but several students weren't. They didn't do their work. They didn't do the assigned reading, and it was very distracting and very frustrating for me and the other students who did do our work because then our teacher and our professor's focus was on them. And what I, I mean by doing your work on time and turning it in you are not the only student your teacher and or professor have. You have your fellow classmates, and sometimes that's not the only class your teacher and or professor is teaching, right? So when you don't turn in your work on time and the professor is grading and or teacher is grading, you're holding things up, and it's just not very nice when your teacher already graded over 90-something papers and then you decide to turn it in three weeks later, your teacher and a professor might take it of their kind. They might dock your grade, but it's just not very nice. Have some consideration. And you are committing to your fellow classmates. Your fellow classmates, I mean by project. If you are assigned to a group project and you don't pull your weight, that's not very nice. That's not very nice to your classmate, and that's doing yourself a disservice because you're not learning anything. I've been in group projects where people don't pull their own weight, and sometimes it affects the whole group's grade. I've been in that situation to the point where somebody decided they weren't going to do anything all semester. And like the week that the project was due, everybody else on my team had to bust our butts to get the project done. Our professor was really kind where she understood and like, you know, she said if a thing or two was missing, that was the person's responsibility, that's fine. She won't dock our grade for it. But still, that's doing a disservice to yourself and a disservice to your fellow classmates, especially if their grade is on the line too. That's just not fair. Because think about it this way. If you were a student in a group project and your grade was riding on somebody in your group getting something done, they decided not to do it, they blew it off, and you ended up getting a bad grade collectively, would you be very happy if you did your work and you cared about your grades? That's not fair, right? So it teaches us 
about commitment and holding ourselves accountable. Preparing for what lies ahead also teaches us how to be good planners. I suck at planning. I am still learning about planning. My sister is the one that plans things down to the nth degree. I'm not like that. I tend to go with the flow, and a lot of times I find myself in situations where I'm in over my head, and I have no one to blame but myself. Case in point, whenever we have family events, I am responsible for certain foods, certain tasks, and such like that. It used to be so famous in my family that if they came on time, the foods would not be ready, things weren't set out, et cetera, et cetera, right? Even though it's with my own family and they don't mind, planning ahead might have helped me out if it was a school and or a job situation because in a job situation, if a project is due or you're responsible for something and it's not done on time, that's going to be a problem. It might cost you your job. The same thing with school. If you were committed to something or somebody was counting on you to do something and you didn't do it, that's going to be a problem, right? I am happy to say that things have gotten better where I have planned things out a lot better, where I have not taken on as much. I decided to delegate a little bit, where I'm pleased to say the last three events, everything started on time, things were set out on time, we didn't have any issues. I'm slowly getting better at that. But planning ahead will teach you to be a better planner. It will teach you to get to know yourself because only you yourself know yourself when it comes to doing tasks. If you're a procrastinator, you might want to cushion in some extra time just in case waiting until the last minute is going to blow up in your face. It's always nice to have that little cushion of extra time. Yes, yes. What else planning ahead teach us? about ourselves besides being committed, besides responsibility, besides being a better planner, it's just going to give you peace of mind. I don't know about you, but I myself am super stressed when I wait until the last minute to get things done because it has to get done, it has to get done, it has to get done. On top of that, I'm a perfectionist, okay? If it's not aesthetically pleasing, I talk stuff and I start all over again. And that's not good if I wait until the last minute. And I'm more of the point where my teachers have gotten to know me well at the college program where I'm at. I once had a comment from a teacher. He goes, I can tell you waited until the last minute to do this paper. I'm going to take it. You turned it in on time, but I'm going to have to give you a C because this is not your best work. You shouldn't have waited until the last minute. And if you needed extra time, you should have just reached out to me. That's what I mean. It 
teaches us so many things, so many valuable lessons that for me, I'm learning late in life. But for you, I'm hoping that by coming to another chance for youth, by listening to this podcast, by listening to other podcasts from my coworkers and life friends, I hope that our experiences will teach you to basically avoid our mistakes, to keep you on track to your success. Because peace of mind is everything. There's nothing worse than having this feeling that you forgot something or you forgot to put something in your paper or you forgot to study something that was going to be on the test, right? And that nagging feeling can eat away at you. That, too, can cause you to psych out or can send you into a frenzy. It's just not the way to be, right? Tonight's podcast is not for me to lecture you. It's not for me to tell you what to do. It's not with that intent at all. My intention tonight was to talk about planning for what lies ahead, to use myself as an example to help you figure out which advice tonight is the path that you want to take or for you to figure out yourself what works best for you. Maybe planning ahead does not work for you and you're just one of those, one of, not unfortunate, one of those fortunate people who can just get things done no matter what. If that is you, great. Right, But if that is not you, I'm hoping that you find some amusement in my mistakes, sometimes my costly mistakes, that you yourself can avoid so that way you don't find yourself in that boat. However, if you do find yourself in a boat where you did not plan ahead, my advice is just to own it, Right? A grade is just a grade as long as it's not your final grade, right? A grade is just a grade. If you did not study for that test, plan on studying for the next one. If you did not do well on that presentation, plan to do better on the next one. Like, if you forgot a commitment, own up to it, apologize, and make sure to be there and get that commitment done for next time. Because planning ahead helps keep us gives us integrity. And integrity is something that is easily lost but hard to gain back. It's the same thing as trust, right? If someone consistently lied to you, eventually you learn not to trust them, right? But winning your trust back is going to be hard for that person. The same thing, integrity is the same thing when it comes to your relationship with your professors, your classmates, and perhaps your boss. 
if you have no integrity, if you have a habit of not getting things done, if you always have an excuse for why things aren't done on time, eventually people are just going to get sick and tired and they're like, whatever. They're just going to be like, sure, whatever, right? And that's not a reputation that you will want for yourself because that reputation is going to follow you around. Like for me, when I attended nursing school, the nursing professors were very close-knit. They talk about the nursing students, right? And not everybody can teach a nursing core class. They can teach an English class. They can teach a math class. But to teach a nursing core class, you have to be a licensed nurse to teach nurse students. And imagine if you went to a small school like I did, and there are only a handful of teachers who can teach that class. Most likely, you're going to get a repeat professor. So what if you had no integrity with that professor? That's going to follow you in, around until the day you graduate, Right. Side note, that actually happened to one of my classmates. She just basically argued with every single professor. She basically caused a scene almost every other class. Eventually, the teachers got sick and tired of it, and she was put on notice. They literally told her, they're like, this behavior is unacceptable, right? If you continue to do this, we're going to ask you to leave this program, right? And I even found out her behavior was known among other nursing students that were not even a part of my team or part of my class core. Like, that's a very bad reputation to have. And when you have that reputation, it's kind of hard to get rid of, especially if you have not had a professor before and they already heard about you. That's not exactly a good thing to have. In conclusion, tonight was just to help you see why it's good to plan for those things ahead. Join me on this journey because I am definitely going to return to school next semester. My semester starts on the 12th, and I am definitely going to have to juggle a schedule between work, between school, between papers, presentations, right? And I definitely have to get better at planning things because I can't drop things. Dropping things is very bad. I have a reputation of being honest. I have a reputation of getting things done. I have a reputation to uphold. And I would hope that you would join me on this journey. Let's plan ahead together and keep each other accountable. With that, good night. And I hope you have a happy week. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. We really hope that you enjoy the time with us and our great topic. If you have a great topic or something you really want to hear about, please contact us on our website at ac4y.org. Once again, that is ac4y.org. Until the next time, remember, in youth we learn, in age we understand.